And once again, we caution you. These stories are definitely not for the timid soul. So we tell you calmly and very sincerely, if you frighten easily, turn off your radio now. This is a top to, uh, you know, what we use on stage, but it's very, very special because if you can see, yeah. the numbers all go to 11. Look, right across the board, oh. 11, oh, 11, and most of 11, and then... Amps go up to 10. Exactly. Does that mean it's louder? Is it any louder? Well, it's one louder, isn't it? It's not 10. You see, most, most blokes, you know, be playing at 10. You're on 10 here, all the way up, all the way up, yeah. all the way up. You're on 10 on your guitar. Where can you go from there? Where? I don't know. Nowhere, exactly. What we do is if we need that extra push over the cliff, you know what we do? I'll put it up to 11. 11, exactly. One louder. Why don't you just make 10 louder and make 10 be the top number and make that a little louder? These go to 11. Material Podcast. I'm Tom Carnell. And I'm Langley West. Episode 179. And I know I always say this, but we have a special guest. We do have a this special guest. This is a special guest because he's a friend of mine yeah. and someone who I think the world of. Um, please welcome uh, the host of the Fathoming Heavy podcast, Andrew Corson. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me. Hey. Hey, thanks for coming. Um, I brought, hey. we, we wanted to, we've been talking about for a long time the, the, the marriage somehow along the way of heavy rock music and genre and horror film and, and that kind of thing. And since your podcast, sir, is, is about the heaviest of that, we thought we'd bring you on. Tell me a little bit about Fathoming Heavy. Well, Father Mean Heavy is a podcast that I started uh, about two and a half years ago, and what it essentially is is a long-form conversation um, between me and um, either a heavy metal musician or writer slash journalist. Um, you know, I have uh, some artists I'm going to be bringing on in the near future. Um, just somebody involved. Um, in heavy metal in an artistic way and the reason I decided to do this is because I'm a lifelong fan I'm, I'm 45 years old and I've been listening to you know hard rock and heavy metal since I was about eight and um, so I I understand it well and I understand I think enough of its history um, and I respect it and love it deeply and I think I was noticing uh, an absence of um, respectful conversations about this type of music um, in the podcasting world. So um, after a couple of really disparaging comments that I heard on other podcasts um, about heavy metal, I said, you know, there's this void here because this music is so uh, can be so profound and so deep and we're in such a special place with it right now. Um, and I know so many of these musicians and these creative people um, that I think somebody should start actually sitting down and getting their stories and 
maybe presenting a side of this music that is not always um, tapped into. And so I started thinking about the possibility of actually doing that myself. And um, one thing led to another, and and it started. Um, That's really cool. One thing that I've noticed is that... <clears throat> You know, music, like everything else, is, is a, a matter of taste, and, and you like what you like, and you, and you, you know, you don't like what you don't like. But when people, let's say, for example, uh, say for example, uh, I don't like rap, right? Mm -hmm. Somebody says I don't like rap, but when they sit down and get to hear the stories and and, and the ideas of the people who are, are producing it. At the very least, they can develop an appreciation for it and a respect. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and and they may not listen to. It may not be. They come away, you know. Uh, Jennifer thought she hated Rush, right, mm -hmm. as an example, and then she watched a documentary because I forced her to. <laughs> I duct taped her to the chair. Clockwork Orange style. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and now she still. So she's not going to listen to the albums, but she's like. I love those guys, you know, and, sure. and, and, and what they're doing, you know, and so that's, it's, what yeah, you're doing I, I used to feel stuff. the same way about country. I used to say right. that country music was an oxymoron, and uh, th then someone goes, no, come here, and they showed me some, like, real country, and I was like, wow. That's really is, cool, yeah. So, and again, with, with, when we say heavy metal, um, you're not talking to bands that are playing arenas, right? They're, you got, you're talking about guys that are... They've got a record contract. They've got a couple of records out. They're touring like mad. Yeah, people that are sort of at that level and nothing against the bands that are playing arenas. I mean, if Bruce Dickinson uh, was available to me to sit down for an hour in my living room, I would jump on that. But he doesn't need to do that. Um, enough people talk to him, and his story is documented. James Hetfield's story is documented. Mm -hmm. um, these are people that are, um, for the most part... Um, you know, needing to work day jobs. They're just kind of normal folks that um, that are doing this out of just the sheer love of it. Um, and so it's an opportunity to tap into them at the level that they're at and um, and hear what how it started for them and uh, how this music has really impacted their lives, both personally um, and creatively. And who knows, these guys might wind up playing mm -hmm. arenas someday, you know. Yeah, absolutely. Is, yeah. yeah, and you don't come to it as, uh, I, think you're, I think you're understating the fact, I mean, you, you've written for magazines and, and, and that kind of thing. I mean, you, he wrote for us for a while. Right. And, uh, and there's uh, no slouch. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> you're not just some guy who goes, hey, I think I'm going to podcast. I like heavy metal. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, to be fair, in full disclosure, it's it's you're a hell of a writer about music on your own. The fact that you're focusing in with such precision on a lot of this stuff is what really makes me excited. Well, I appreciate that, and you know, I I owe a lot of that actually to the opportunities that I got from hooking up with you back in oh, the early wow. '90s with Carpenter and kind of where that where that went. Um, and I interviewed a lot of amazing people back then. Um, so I knew that I could do it. And I also think that, um, that one of the things that, that comes kind of natural for me is that um, I can ask a question 
or pose a scenario or something and shut up and let the person I'm talking to actually respond. Mm -hmm. And so I, I think I'm decent at that and I think that that's helped me. But one of the reasons that I decided to explore doing this in this format, like the podcast format, um, is because I wanted total freedom. You know, I didn't want to have to deal with um, deadlines and, um, you know, have to worry about editors, not that you were in any way a, a tough <laughs> editor. <laughs> Um, I had great experiences with you, but not not necessarily with everybody else. Um, and you know, I, I'm I'm really trying to make this a personal thing. I approach the people on my own, um, mm -hmm. and I try to stay out of the album tour cycle. And um, you know, tr I, I try to stay away from the the publicist at, you know side of it as much as I can. The, the carnival barkers part, right? Of it. Yeah, 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 and yeah, you know, yeah. no, no, no disrespect. Um, they're a very necessary part of all this, also. Um, but I, I'm just, tr I'm trying to to navigate this in in a a, a, a lower profiled kind of a way. Sure. Do you? I've never asked him. This, this is so weird. <laughs> Have, are you a musician? Have you? Do you play? So I play a little bit. I mean, I think I'm. I think I'm musical. I would not call myself a musician. And believe it or not, um, you know, I started playing piano when I was a kid, and so I, I, I learned how to read music and I understood some music theory. Um, but it was in the early 2000s that I fell in love with the accordion and dove into that just with both feet. And uh, yes, I know. God, I'm yes, loving yes. this. I love this so much. I want to hear it Do you like remember, overdriven like, and through. <laughs> Do you remember? Like there was this, there was a tour, the Monsters of Accordion, like yeah, like, where there were a few tours like that, but it was great and badass. Yeah, there's like a whole accordion underground where people are making experimental accordion music and running them through all sorts of um, you know pedals and and amps and everything, and it's 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 I mean yeah, possibilities are endless there, um, oh, but after. Awesome. I, I then I started kind of becoming interested in actually learning to play guitar, which was something that um, I wasn't really allowed to do. When hey, I was accordions with, uh, players don't get laid. <laughs> <laughs> well, not that's based the on end their... of the day is what all of this is about. I know. That's, <laughs> I hear you. That's I. You know, I was going to say that's what all of rock music is about, but really, that's what all of music is about. Yeah, it really? doesn't matter the genre. is like, at the end of the day. Oh, man, it's funny. It's funny. Um, uh, so, okay, so that makes sense. So, so you know when someone's fucking around and when someone's seriously crafting capital A art. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, there's a lot of people that are like guitar heroes that sure. are a lot of lipstick. Yeah, 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 yeah. Sure. Yeah. And and there are the people who, like, no, I have to, I do this because I have to do mm -hmm. this. It's, right. I'm compelled to do this. Right. And I've heard that from so many people. I mean, just over and over again, and I just really believe, I really believe that that is, that is true. Yeah. 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 Um, of so of so many different types of artists, you'll you'll hear the same sure. thing from painters and sure, painters sure, sure. like, why do you do this? Well, because I have to, you know. Yeah. yeah. And, right, right. Do you remember your first concert? Yeah, um, I remember everything about that. It was uh, April third, nineteen eighty three. Uh, Kiss and Motley Crue at the San Francisco Civic 
Auditorium. Very nice. cool. Yeah. Very yeah. cool. Do you remember yours? Yeah. My my first concert? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, July 4th, 1976, the Ozark Mountain Daredevils in Saltpeter Cave, Southern Illinois. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Uh, mine was uh, Sammy Hagar, 9 out of 10 on the 10 scale. It just come out like he had just gone solo. Right. Yeah, yeah. Lydia Pence and, Gold, and Cold Blood <laughs> and, and Montrose. And wow. then at the San Jose Civic Auditorium, I don't remember. Wait, wait, day. was Hagar playing with Montrose? No, oh, he wow. opened for him. He was the opening band. Yeah, yeah, it was wow. a big thing. That's kind of. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that shit is important. I mean, because uh, go, I go into, I go into your first like metal show. You know, you sure. you're like you either like that shit or you don't. <laughs> See, you know, and and, and it's, it, yeah. I, 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 I hope I'm not alone in this, but like. You know, the term metal for me means a lot of different yeah, things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I and, agree. And, 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 and largely, be, I think that's largely because of our age. Because when we were of a certain age, metal meant um, everything from Deep Purple, uh-huh. for example, um, obviously Sabbath. Led Blue. Zeppelin was thrown in there. You, you, like Blue, Heaviest it, band ever, Blue Cheer. <laughs> the, the label has has shifted, and like a lot of things, I think the label has splintered now, yeah. as it should, mm-hmm. because now if you say metal, you know, you gotta you you have to be more specific because exactly because the Scorpions are heavy metal, but they're and so are is Emperor, right? Yeah, right. vastly different. What I don't what I don't like is when people go. When people say, "Oh, this isn't heavy metal," well, it was at the time. You know, it's like your 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 yeah. paradigm. You know, is like way over here, right? And even you know, even though this music doesn't have the double bass and the and the Cookie Monster vocals, it doesn't mean it's not. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. How yeah. You, I think, go well, ahead, I, Andrew. I think that. Um, I mean, when I was a kid, I was I was very concerned about those divisions and the subgenres and that kind of thing mm-hmm. um, and that was because there was so much that I didn't want to be associated with like when I was a teenager you know I remember um, the decline of the Western Civilization part two the metal years came out um, right. which was just a, an abomination in my eyes and I tried to watch it again and I still really hate it I think that <laughs> she awful. and it's yeah I mean I think that she and a lot of those people she featured really did heavy metal as you know, a broad genre, sort of a disservice, um, and and I don't, I'm not sure that it fully recovered from from some other things in that. But I was very concerned about that, and and now I just say heavy metal, and um, I embrace so much of its past and so many things that I didn't like growing up. Um, you know, because this person wore too much makeup, or because you know the hair was too big, or whatever. And I actually see. Um, a lot of the greatness in a lot of that music um, that I didn't back then, and so I try not to get too caught up in all of the subdivisions and subgenres and things, and really just sort of appreciate it as this just giant, um, this, this giant umbrella, you know. If you if you if you just pay attention to the music and kind of forget all the other shenanigans, um, then I think it becomes a lot easier. I think so too. Yeah. Yeah, and it's it's liberating, actually. Yeah, actually, yeah, like to be able to say, uh, you know, uh, um, Fin Troll, 
you know, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. to be able to say, I like Finn Troll. And they're like, oh, and people make assumptions, right? It's like, oh, you, you are into, like, paganism. And I'm like, not necessarily. I just like fucking Finn Troll's Yeah, music, I heard their record know? and I liked it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. You know. And visually, I mean, we again, we're trying to... It is important. It, it, it is important, especially when you link it to the visual medium of, of cinema and, and, and that kind of thing. It can denote an aggression. It can denote um, a speed. Sure. You know? Um, so, uh, yeah, I, I grew... Growing up, I was a fan of a lot of guitar playing. Yeah, yeah. So I got a lot of that sort of by default. Yeah. Um, but there are whole corners of these this genre in particular that I am a complete neophyte on. Oh, dude. Yeah. I'm, I'm the same. You know, um, Andrew, I wanted to ask you, um, I've read this several times, and I don't know if it's true. If I don't know if it's become urban legend or, or what, that I've read several times that the first time that the term heavy metal was used to describe music was William S. Burroughs describing the music of Steppenwolf. Have you read that? I've read that. Um, I've also heard that it was from like an ad for the Scorpions um, back in the very early 70s. Um, that was just, you know, somebody put those two words together, slapped them on a, on a poster um, for an upcoming Scorpion show someplace. I mean, I've heard that story too, so I'm not sure what the actual what the actual origins of that term I have re- I have read the thing that, that William S. Burroughs wrote and uh, he does use the words heavy metal but he spends more time talking about this music is like shrapnel shrieking through the air okay and yeah. which you know I, in his review was a good thing I'm sure some people would go <laughs> <laughs> Well, it's one of those things where you know, um, certain certain a certain kind of folk they hear it and it, it just lands on their ear wrong. I think your allusion earlier to rap is the same way. It's like right. at first blush, you know, you either you either dig this stuff or you don't, or you don't, and yeah. and that's okay. Yeah, that's okay. Oh, it's fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and I get that hundred percent. So I'm wondering when, when. Like, what was the first film that we can think of that had, that used it to any effect? Oh, wow. Um, you know, that gets tough, right? I, uh, I mean, maybe in the late 60s, it would have to be, right? To coincide with the phenomenon itself, it would have well, to be a I film mean, in the I, late 60s. I mean, if we're, if we're listening to William S. Burroughs, Easy Rider. Where we have mm-hmm. Steppenwolf. The first time, is that the first we use rock music? With a film? No, because we had those movies in the 50s that yeah. had, like, Bill Haley and the Comets and that kind of stuff. But something that was... Hmm. Interesting. Darker and grittier? Mm-hmm. Maybe Easy Rider? What do you think, Andrew? I mean, that could be if we're making a connection directly like that. Um, you know, one of the first connections that comes to my mind is... Uh, is the film Black Sabbath? Mm. Oh, sure. That the band, you know, swiped the name from. Um, so I think, I think it's probably easier to think about sort of uh, mood-wise, tone-wise, those kinds of things. You know, 
the the gothic the 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 heavy gothicness of the hammer films how that mm-hmm. those had an impact on you know the late 60s and early 70s uh, you know heavier bands and um how they were able to kind of fuse those um that aesthetic into this type of music yeah i wonder i mean i mean wagner's pretty metal i was just going to say sure I, I, <laughs> dude i was just going to say like um uh, 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 going real pedestrian, you know, Beethoven's Fifth, you know, mm-hmm. yeah, like bump up, up, bump. What is more metal than that? Yeah. You know, it's like Put a double like, bass behind it, bah, 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 <laughs> you know, <laughs> and it's like yeah, and, and and it's it's endlessly fascinating to me how metal reflects these other things. Um, the hard rock bands that that first were being called metal. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll say, let's just let's just use Black Sabbath for everything because right. they're they're they're, they're, they're generic. generic. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, are blues based bands? Yeah. Right. And um, and it, and and I've heard I, I can't remember now if it was Iomi or, or Ozzy who um, said, well, you know, we were kind of looking for a thing, and so we were thinking about the Exorcist, and I call bullshit on that because. They were a thing before The Exorcist right. came out. But yeah. I think his point was that scary stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, Rosemary's Baby had come out, and 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 shit was scary. And um, and plus, they where they lived was like a shithole. Right. And sure. and uh, so it was easy for them to kind of go, well, let's go, let's go dark. You mm-hmm. know, because they they like, you know, their heroes were like ten years after, and and people like that. You know. What a great band! Yeah. I, it was because of ten years after that I picked up a guitar. I I know mm. that, yeah. yeah. And and at the same, so 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 blues wise, if we go back to like the fucking almost beginning, you know, and we've got Johnson talking about meeting the devil at the crossroads. Sure, this has always been part of this mm-hmm. stuff. Absolutely. And yeah. and if we go back further to classical, because I think there is a very definite correlation between metal and classical music. Mm-hmm. Yep, agreed. Um, you have all these these um, lofty uh, tales yeah. of... It's of not Moon and June and Swoon stuff. No, it's, it's not Boy Meet... It's not, yeah, yeah, exactly. It's, it's not Boy Meet... It girl. can be, but they meet in hell. Right. <laughs> 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 yeah, absolutely. And it's got the drag of it all, and the, and, it, and the the idea of it being loud and aggressive. I you know I get that connection easily, yeah, absolutely. Um, uh, and the machismo of it as well. Mm-hmm. So okay, so pretend I, I I'm interested in like how do you um, ad- investigating the genre? How do you address it? Like. Uh, uh, is there is there like where do you start? Is there are there bands that people, if they want to, let's say they never heard metal and they want to get into it, like where do we? Where's our entry point in all of this? I mean, like I say, for me, it was I'm older, so it's like ten years after it was big, and 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 it sort of came from there. The idea of an electrified guitar sound, um, right. um, but where do you think? someone today should go? Uh, um, 
Besides fathom and fathoming heavy. Well, yeah, that's this, exa- that's exactly where they come to me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I mean, I'm always gonna say, I'm always gonna say, start with Sabbath someplace, um, okay. somewhere within the first six Sabbath records. Um, I mean, you're gonna get a good sense of of where metal as we know it today uh, was really spawned. Um, I would say maybe one of the first five Iron Maiden records would be a good stop point along the way. Because that'll get you used to the double bass. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, for me, like, when I... I kind of discovered Sabbath and Zeppelin at the same time. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And and it was... I remember sitting in a car with the 8-track in, right? And I had... (laughs) I only had, like, you know three eight tracks. One of them was Zeppelin Four. The sure. other one was Paranoid. And the other one was uh Sticks Crack Delusion. <laughs> and those are three brilliant records in their they own are, yeah, they, they are, are. They really <laughs> are, yeah. And but I remember kind of going back and forth between Zeppelin and Sabbath and thinking, this is the same shit, but it's yeah. like at two different ends of the yeah. spectrum. Agreed. You know? Um and uh, and I, I, I agree with you, Andrew. It, uh, in my opinion, Sabbath is one of the few bands that you can point to and say, these guys started a genre. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, you know, and, and of course, everything everything develops out of all these different things that build up to it. But that first Sabbath album. Mm-hmm. Holy fuck, man. Mm-hmm. Sleeping Village. Yeah, I can't imagine what it was like in the zeitgeist when that like got released that's got to be like you know i would think i could think of a couple of records that, that landed there i think like the first, um never mind by uh, uh nirvana nirvana i think the first pretenders album landed like that it, that really was like this here's new wave here's something kids. different yeah, yeah 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 um i I mean, well, uh, well, okay. So, so that's that's a valid question, Tom. Where do you start? Yeah. But there's a world of difference between Sabbath mm-hmm. and and let's say even even I'm gonna I'm gonna use a big band because people know the name Slayer. Okay. And let's say you know you're you're not into the sludginess of Sabbath, and you but you like Slayer. Where does that person start? Where does that, you know, the kind of, uh, I don't know how to describe it, harder, faster, thrashier metal start for people? That person should start at Slayer. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Excellent. You know, um, I mean, Slayer made some of the, some of, I mean, uh, some of my all-time favorite records, some of the most important records, um, you know, within the genre, and um, they also made a, uh, a sort of a shockingly, shockingly large amount of um, mediocre and just plain bad music. Um, but but there were some gems in there, and um, those need to those need to be a part of you know they're they're a part of the the story in a huge way. Um, and um, you know you can't ignore the impact that Metallica's had mm-hmm. as much as we try. 
you've just got to embrace him. I mean, love him yeah. or hate him, it's there. It's a fascinating story, and um, and I think about those guys way too much at this point. Um, but you know, those especially the second and third records, uh, Lightning and, and and Puppets. Um, I mean, those are untouchable, mm-hmm. and those also um, they 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 propelled this art form um, to to just such new heights. Um, it, it was it was just it's completely unprecedented. So that's another. I mean, you talk about the Sabbath record, you talk about Nevermind, you could talk about um, a record like Master of Puppets. I think that fits right that's, in there. Yeah, that's yeah, a good yeah. call. It's a clarion call. Yeah, in a weird way. Yeah. Well, I yeah. remember I remember kids, you know, because I'm stubborn. So, you know, years had gone by. I was still listening to Sabbath and Zeppelin, and these <laughs> kids were showing up at, at school with like. Um, Metallica t-shirts and Megadeth t-shirts yeah. and I'm like yeah. I, I don't know what the fuck you guys are talking about <laughs> and and then I went to um, I went to the <laughs> there used to be this this thing every summer in Iowa called the Iowa Jam and it was one of these big concerts with like a, you know I think the headliner was uh, uh, Aerosmith although if you ask Ted Nugent I'm sure he thinks he was the headliner um oh. Metallica was one of the bands. Uh-huh. Nobody knew who they were. Yeah, and everybody in the crowd oh. hated them. I re- I remember Metallica playing the parking lot at Tower. Okay, in, um, yeah, exactly. In the tower I worked at at Campbell. You know, Campbell, they were playing to yeah. they were playing to a hard rock crowd who yeah. just, oh, yeah, 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 just yeah, yeah, didn't yeah. get it. Now I'm sure. oh, I saw White Snake open up for Jethro Tull, <laughs> <laughs> and it was just no one was oh, no dude. Uh, there's a good example. Jethro Tull. Like, there's a band that is not considered metal, I don't think, mm-hmm. um, and has some of the hardest, like, like, like yeah. that, that sure. riff is just yeah. like, what? You know, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. yeah. But they, you know, not, not much flute, you know. <laughs> well, <laughs> see, it's, see, that's the thing. But he made, he made flute playing cool. Yeah. Um, uh, kind of. Yeah, but Aqualung was a super heavy record. Right, right exactly. Look at Locomotive Breath, and there's yeah. a few others that you can count among I think them. Think as a brick, as a concept album? It's yeah. Mm-hmm. awesome. Yeah. Um, I'm interested in the idea with this stuff of active versus passive listening. Sure. Like, this stuff kind of demands your attention. Yeah. Like, would you agree with that? I, I, yes. I mean, the, the short answer is yes. But I also think that, um, I mean, I can easily put on Number of the Beast or Master of Puppets and just have it on in the background because it's so familiar to me. Right. Um, it's, it's part it's, of your it's DNA. Just, it's part of my DNA, so it's just, it's sort of almost comfort food at this point. But I will say this, and I've said this before, that a lot of what's happening now, um, is, is not, is not, um, yeah, you can't listen to it passively and really get anything out of it. Right. Um, you've got to be engaged with it. I spend a lot of time just sitting on my couch, um, you know, with my stereo system surrounding me, um, playing records uh-huh. because um, because otherwise I would not be able to uh, really get into and and understand what's what's going on. I wouldn't be able to feel it on the level that it it's meant to be felt at. That's why I miss album covers. Because, you know, you could hold the album cover hold, yeah. and just stare at it yeah. and find yeah. all this little stuff. Oh, my God. I remember, like, like, I literally have a memory of sitting in a beanbag holding 
I can't remember which Dio album, but <laughs> probably Diver Down. Yeah. Or, I'm sorry, not Diver Down. Uh, uh, um. Holy Diver. <laughs> yeah, yes, holy thank Diver. you, Holy Diver. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And, uh, and, and just marveling at this artwork. Right. Yeah. And letting the music wash over me. There was always a link between, like, like metal bands, they know their cover artists. Fuck yeah. You yeah. know what I mean? Like you wouldn't see you would you wouldn't see like Bor on a metal album you would see like Boris and you would see Frazetta and you would see you know oh my Basil and dude just just the fact that Eddie exists as yeah. a right. thing yeah. you know yeah 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 man and it's and it's really cool iconography for you know its own when when Peace of Mind came out when Iron Maiden's <laughs> Peace of Mind came out yeah I sat. I stared at that album cover and yeah. listened to those songs like over and over and over. That's um, getting back <laughs> to what we were talking about, um, I think what Tom's talking about is something that he, he he normally is referring to it as a film thing, but it's called Hours in the Chair. You have to sit and mm -hmm. become... Um, uh, familiar with literate well, in, exactly. in what you're yeah, talking yeah, about. It's like yeah, yeah. it's like uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, and that means like with most things, wading through an awful lot of bad, bad sure. stuff. Yeah, you know. Um, another thing I found interesting was the idea that a lot of really heavy bands, particularly out of uh, Scandinavia are doing they're doing their band stuff and then like the leaders of the band are doing complete ambient records right um, almost film score or like like you drop I, I always talk about it, it sounds like you're dropping a microphone into hell and it's just the sound of within <laughs> in hell sure um, I think I think that's interesting because it's 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 Dealing with the same sort of tapestry, for want of a better word, um, but two completely different ways, right? Yeah, One's yeah, yeah. fast and aggression, aggressive, and the other one is very sort of um, not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, what I think is interesting about that, and you know, that's something that's been going on for a long time. I mean, you think about um, you think about Mortise, who was in the you know, who's an emperor. And how he split from Emperor and has basically built a whole career around doing that sort of thing. But right. people have even taken it further off into the um, less structured ambient world, um, which you know is a, then there's a connection between that and some of the um, you know the experimental right. ambient artists, people you know like um, you know Roger Carmonic and the whole yeah, the cold, cold meat thing and I was all that. Going to say that yeah, cold the cold meat. And God, that stuff is. Yeah, I mean, there was a lot of amazing stuff there. And that was really dark and really, you know, heavy a lot of the time. Um, but there's not that much of a leap between that and, you know, horror film soundtracks, mm -hmm. um, which is another place where I think um, there's definitely a connection, uh, even if it's not, you know, a straight line. Um, people that are into into heavy metal in a deep way are often also um, into a lot of, Film scores. Yeah. Uh, 
genre film scores, obviously. So. Or, or even just um, a lot of these musicians are are into genre. I mean, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I interviewed Guar once on a, a, a bus, and they were playing Legend of Ricky O. <laughs> um, the, yeah. I interviewed I interviewed Danny Filth once from Cradle of Filth, and it was mostly about horror film and horror film soundtracks. So, I yeah, absolutely. So, again, they're 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 literate in the um, in the verbiage of genre, and and it's a perfect match. Um, yeah. Uh, let's see. Are there films that we want to talk about that? Both documentary and narrative that um, are sort of road posts. The one that comes to mind, I think, is Metal a Headbanger's Journey, the documentary. Um, right. Uh, uh, that's a good, I think, a good entry point as well, um, uh, rather than decline of Western civilization. Yeah, yeah. Let's never talk about that again. <laughs> well, wait, 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 before we move on, I. I I want to I want to go on record as saying that Penelope uh, Penelope Spheris first movie right. Decline of Western Civilization um, was a great movie mm-hmm. in my opinion yeah uh, I, and I and I think the same of the th- of the third one where she, she kind of went back and revisited those street punk kids um, but yes I agree Andrew like the second one is it's so. I don't know. When you got Paul Stanley laying in a bed with the f- fucking girls, I, I think there was a boa constrictor. <laughs> <laughs> May have been. I, you know, I and just, you've got you've got Chris Holmes from Wasp, which is that you know the infamous scene from that that film where he's on the he's in the swimming pool drinking, and his mom is sitting there just looking absolutely destroyed by you know her idiot son, and the fact that he. That he did that, and they actually included that in in that film. In I just, yeah. it's that stuff that that I have a hard time getting past. Sure. Um, yeah, the swagger. It's, yeah, just yeah, be a musician. Like, shut up and play. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. All this, all this shit doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Right. No, um, you're right. Yeah. Um. So, are there others, other films that we that. Are worth you know when you said that right off the bat, <laughs> right off the bat, I was thinking of this movie that Wasp was in, and I can't for I the life of me I can't either. remember the damn name of it. Um, Isn't it? Um, uh, they okay. There was go- <laughs> there was Ghoulies. They had a song on the soundtrack, yeah. right? But but was this a- was called. Uh, I'm Blackie Lawless is on the cover of the video. Yeah. Uh, yes. Yeah. 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 Uh, oh God! This is sad. The reason why I was excited about it is because Dave Allen did um, stop it? motion. Uh, oh really? Uh, effects in it. And <laughs> why am I? I'm, wow. I'm I'm thinking like Cauldron of Fire. Or something. I don't know. I saw it in the theater and it was just like, well, <laughs> the the big elephant in the room on this I think would. We're going to just mention is Spinal Tap. Spinal Tap is sure, kind of yeah. Spinal yeah. Tap is is awesome and and it does it does exactly what it's supposed to do. You know, because if you talk to to the big heavy metal bands of the time, they'll tell you that happened to me. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I got stuck in a fucking prop or you know or, or whatever you know. I just remember yeah. remember the gate. 
Like they had the oh album cover. <laughs> yeah. Right. Awesome. Right. And, uh, no, the, <laughs> the Gate is one of my favorite movies, and and it and it brings up that whole thing of like, you know, we played this album and we ran it backwards, <laughs> and 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 you know, a portal to hell opened. And, yeah. I hate it when that happens. <laughs> and it happens all the time. All the I know, time. right? But it was the yeah. thing that everyone warned you about. Oh. Well, and all of that was going on, you know, during the 80s, during sort of the satanic panic era. Right. Um, you know, there was that trick or, the movie Trick or Treat um, mm-hmm. that I know Gene Simmons mm-hmm. had a part in. Right. Um, that kind of dealt with some of that stuff, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the the uh, the, mo- the Black Evolvers movie was Dungeon Master. There we go. Yes. Yeah. There we go. <laughs> Thank I you. knew it had something called <laughs> in or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. That's hilarious. That is hilarious. It had all these disconnected stories, and I just remember sitting in the theater and I'm like, "Oh, this is Wasp." Wait. Okay, yeah. What do you mean awful? No, it had Dave <laughs> Allen's stop motion. In it. I was like, "Fucking um, awesome!" Remember Thor? Speaking of terrible. <laughs> Yeah, uh, Rock and Roll Nightmare, and yes. he, and he did. There was a zombie movie he did. Yeah, that was on MST3K. Well, here's the thing about that. Do you think that the filmmakers were being serious, or 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 do you think that they were just was well, it like was Roger actor, was though, it like Roger Ebert <laughs> writing Beyond the Valley of the Dolls? Has no idea what the hell hippie culture is, and just writes what he thinks. It must be. Well, it's always been that way, right? With remember, um, Mick Jagger wanted to be an actor, and Iggy Pop is acted, yeah. Lenny Free acted, yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah. So, uh, Iggy yeah. Pop's always great, though. Like I, I yeah. dig his appearances in films. Yeah. yeah, I do too, actually. Yeah, um, and you know, if let's take it back a few more years, Kiss Meets a Phantom of the Park. Yeah. Oh my God, God. <laughs> That oh, was something, dude. Bless was, you for mentioning that because that yeah, that was a big deal for me. Yeah, it was a yeah. big deal for a lot of people of a certain <laughs> age. Yeah, yeah. You know, not it, a, and not always a big deal in a positive way. I think that wrecked that band for a while. <laughs> well, yeah, but when you're you know they eight so, or ten, you you don't know. <laughs> they were oh so, yeah, no. They were so earnest, you know. Oh. Gene Simmons the demon. <laughs> you're like, oh. <laughs> well, we, you know, we laugh at it now, but as a kid, I thought Gene Simmons was the fucking. I thought he was Beezlebub, you know? Like, I was like, my wall was covered with fucking nothing but Kid Gene stuff. Simmons, blood dripping out of his mouth, sure. fire yeah, erupting. Absolutely. Like, absolutely. how can you not, like, you know? But then you listen to the songs, and it's like, you know... Yeah, you know who's a band that's that way? Looks super scary, but the songs are super not? Uh, Ghost. I was just going to... Uh, yeah, right. I, I wanted yeah. to talk about Ghost today, because Ghost has been embraced kind of by, like, the, the metal community. Everybody. They're yeah. breaking out all over the yeah. place. Uh, but if you just listen to the music by itself... Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's... It, 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 go ahead, Andrew. It's it's very it's very easy to listen to. It's very catchy. It's fun, and um, you know, I think they were so not what I was expecting when I listened to the first record that I just had to kind of put them away for a while. And it wasn't <laughs> until the second record came out and I heard another song from that that I had, you know that I felt like maybe I had primed myself enough and 
um, and started to get kind of into them. Um, I like them for what they are. I think they're a really good time, and I think they're doing cool, you know, uh, theatrical things on stage, and they're really fun to watch, uh-huh. for sure. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I, to me, um, I listened to the new record a couple of days ago, and uh, they remind me a lot of a, cer- a certain era of the Scorpions. Mm. The songwriting and, and the sound. Something about the Scorpions. Um, I went to a Scorpion show late 80s. Mm. And I've gone to like hardcore punk shows where there's like blood for blood mm-hmm. and, 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 and people like that. I've never seen more fights at a show. Wow. Than that scorpion show. Yeah, they and kept they kept yelling, "Get out of my weed, dude!" <laughs> Be, way before the show started, right? I I remember I was like looking down on the floor, and y- you can see exactly what happens. Like this guy yeah. walks by this couple, guy says uh, something, right? Turns into a, a a thing, and the chick beat the fuck out of this dude, and she had, dude, it was like. She had great form. It was like jab, 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 cross hook. And it was like yes. I'm like I'm, I'm so ready for this show. <laughs> yeah. Uh, let's see. Heavy metal parking lot. Right. That's uh, another one. That the documentary that basically they just film fans in the parking lot of ven- of uh, different venues for a Judas Priest. For show. better or worse. For, yeah, dude, and it's only 16 minutes long. Have you been a parking lot? No. Yeah. It's longer than 16 no, minutes. No, it's 16 minutes long. It's, yeah, it's a, it's I, a, I think you're right. Yeah. Wow, yeah. that seemed uh, so much longer. It's, it seems like that. Yeah. yeah. Um, that was that was a rough one, too. I mean, um, I don't I don't quite hold that in, in the same way that I do um, Western Civilization, but um, it was, I mean, it didn't do a lot for... Right. The metal community. I mean, it's there's something about both of those films that taps into kind of the lowest common denominator, there, and uh, a, and I, I like I, I just I get that that exists, and I get that, um, yeah, I get that that's there, and that this this music is there is a there is a certain amount of um, ridiculousness to it and it's over the top and that's all that's all part of it but when people just focus on that stuff that you know lowest common denominator and they're not looking at the artistry and the musicianship and so much else that's that's there um that's when it becomes um that's when it just becomes kind of a bummer right the idea that like they weren't i they weren't fans, you know. They were trying to make people pick the people that were stupid and exactly. You know. Here's the they were making a joke out of it. Yeah, yeah, here's the problem with both of those things: is they're they are pointing a finger and laughing, as opposed to um, being part of it. Well, or or, or yeah. documenting what was really going on yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. You know, the fact that there are intelligent fans and, yeah. and that kind of thing. Um, I remember, I, I remember um, being quite young, and I had a cousin uh, who who passed away, early, killed himself early on. But I remember him opening this this door to me, and I was like, 
you know, he's like, well, what are you into? And I'm like, I really like Conan books, you know. Uh-huh. And, and he's yeah. like, he's like, dude, there's Man of War. Check this out. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, whoa. And Was it Man of War? Uh, no, it wasn't Man of uh, War. Um, unfortunately, I don't remember. Yeah, but, but still. But it was, it was something harder than I had listened to. It was different than Sabbath. Uh-huh. Sabbath yeah. was, Sabbath was sludgy, right? Yeah. And it was like you know, bow, wow, wow, wow. And mm. this was something that was like, and and and, and I was like, oh my god, this makes me want to fucking you know like punch the world. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I loved it. And. And I, I'll be forever grateful to him, you know, for that. And it's so funny that it, like, somehow ties in with, like, these stories of yore, you know? Like, I, it, like it's hard for me to... If somebody asked me uh, what the connection is, I, I'd be hard-pressed to tell them, right. you know? Um, but it's there. Well, I think it's also a good introduction to the world of fantasy and that kind of thing, the iconography of that, you hear it in sure. music, you hear it a lot in Zeppelin, you hear it a lot in a lot of the different music, the yeah, yeah, yeah. lyrics. Um, Anvil. The story of Anvil. Man, that that's a cool <laughs> movie, dude. That's, it's fun. <laughs> but it's a cool it's, movie. It's sad. It's, it's very really sad. Bummed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, what's the documentary that I'm thinking of? Um, the one about Scandinavian death metal. Um, is it? I mean, Lords I think of Chaos. Whole, oh, was, was it Lords of Chaos? No, I no. want to say it was something about light. Yeah, until the light takes us. That's Thank it. you. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's a that's a good good sort of um, primer, dude. Yeah, it is, and it also shows. I think it shows so many different aspects of it. I mean, it's got. It's got the scene where Fenrez is walking into an art gallery and doesn't want to be there and feels like his, you know, his life and culture is is being sort of commodified and commercialized by this artist. And then in another scene, there is, uh, you know, I mean, Hellhammer from the drummer from Mayhem um, says some homophobic stuff and just is right out there with that. So I think it was a, it was a, it was a good, um, it gave a good picture of a lot of the different aspects of specifically, you know, the Scandinavian or Norwegian black metal scene, um, kind of warts and all. And mm-hmm. it's all there and it's all, um, you know, it's, it's all ready for discussion and examination, I think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I thought they did a good job with that. Yeah. Yeah. And, 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 um, and it's just, it's just an interesting story, you know, like what happened to, to, to the different people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, I think Lords of Chaos is is the, the book. book. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, there is actually a film that has been made, and um, I'm not sure when it's actually going to be released. I'm not sure if and when it's going to be widely released, but people have seen it. No one associated with that scene wanted anything to do with it. So I think Why? And I'm, I'm going to I'm going to uh, because they felt like the person who was making it. My understanding is they felt the person who was making it. Um, was not had no business. He was not connected to it. Had no business being. He was not being one of there. them. Hmm. And, and and that's what you need if you're gonna yeah. if you're gonna document that type of uh, of a thing. It, I I apologize. I do this a lot, but 
for people listening who have no idea what the fuck we're talking about, <laughs> set, set this up for for us a little bit, Andrew. What about this band? Why was the film made about them? Well, it's. I mean, it wasn't about a band. It was about. This is really uh, about the Norwegian black metal scene in the early '90s, late '80s into the early '90s, and you know what what was so um, shocking and historical about that um, beyond the music itself was the fact that there were some murders and you know there were some betrayals that led to murders and um, some hate crimes and some church burnings, some uh, some ancient Norwegian Christian churches were burned, um, and this was all sort of in the name of of black metal, and all all connected to that scene. People served prison sentences, and um, and people died, and so it was a very um, uh, it was a it was a, it was a pivotal pivotal moment for that scene because it really kind of put it on the map, but in a way that a lot of people um, are ready to move past, and I think that. Um, one of the responses to this film being made now is it's like, can we just leave this stuff alone? Like, it was so long ago now. We've all moved past it. Um, and I think, so I think that that's, that's part of the response is, is uh, sure. it just keeps, yeah. yeah. Uh, I feel like, I feel like we're at a point in history where that's true of a lot of stuff. Like, um, um, you know, when people bring up, um, um, Hip hop beefs, for example. And, yeah, right. And Tupac and Biggie, and, and and I think people are kind of like, look, we didn't figure it out then. We're not going to mm-hmm. figure it out now. We don't want to talk about it, you know. Um, and I kind of think that's true of this kind of stuff too. Yeah, I mean, it's like it's been discussed and dissected and examined to the point where there's nothing left. Right. You know, it's like they've gotten to the empty pit in the middle and there's just nothing else to talk about having so. said that to the to the neophyte who has no idea oh yeah this is great stuff to dive into mm-hmm. oh absolutely it's it's fascinating yeah um, and is it's part of the story of heavy metal that needs to be it needs it has its place in mm-hmm. history and sure. you know from that perspective absolutely yeah. um, you can't ignore it, it you can't ignore it and you right. shouldn't yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, I remember, uh, I got, see, a lot of my progression through this stuff got diverted by the Shredders. The, the Yngwie. You went into the guitar guys. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So a lot of it, um, I would hear it and go, oh, it was too simple or whatever and, and didn't like it. But the Shredders are, are an interesting thing too. Um, we're going to have a shredder on in they a couple are. weeks. I, I, I almost Ooh. think that's a different show because, like, Ingbe um, is a good example, mm-hmm. right? When I went to my first Ingbe concert, I none of it felt like heavy metal to me. It felt like going to the symphony, right? Yeah. You know, and um, but recognize, but, but like you know, and. At the same time, though, you know, you look at the album cover art for what the hell was that album where he's like 
using his guitar to fight the three-headed dragon or what the <laughs> rising force record, right? I don't know. Yeah, I think it was called Trilogy. Trilogy, yeah. thank you. Yeah. That's, that's and I'm like, and he I'm just like, makes me laugh. <laughs> I love him very so much. He's just, he's just. It, it takes a special guy to wear that kind of a poet shirt and the big rings and still play well, guitar. Well, here's the thing. is that I feel like there at some point there was a division. Something happened where we have these heavy bands, but then we have these guys that I don't think are into, like, the the darkness. Mm-hmm. And they kind right. of and they go and they become Joe Satriani's and sticks. And, and <laughs> <laughs> Stop it! <laughs> yeah, yeah. And 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 they're they're still playing this Dude, kind Striper. Of, well, I mean, you know, here's the thing about Striper is that <laughs> even though they're they're a Christian band, by that that definition alone makes them heavy because <laughs> you've got all this like Old Testament shit you know it's like to hell with the devil it's not it's not it's not like you know we don't like you know that no it's to hell with the devil you yeah, know yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's hilarious um alright so I'm curious about like Desert Island Discs and Ooh. and um because mostly I'm as I think about it now the 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 style of music in film is used mostly as either trappings or um in the score it's used to again to, to denote either speed or violence or or it's 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 a it's a uh it's a punctuation to what's ha- to yes. what's happening that that you're seeing visually it's the same way it's the same shorthand that denotes the wah-wah pedal with the sex scene. <laughs> sure, right. <laughs> wacka, 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 yeah. Brown chicken, brown cow. Yes. Yeah, yeah. But I think that, um, geez, you know, I just remember band, you know, records like the first Rainbow record. Yeah. You know, and, and um, when the first time I heard Sin After Sin, the Judas oh. Priest record. Yeah. Um, you're in, you 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 just get you know you're in the hands of something other than at the time anyway especially was so other than what you were used to and it, as a young man it really spoke to me you know mm-hmm. um and that's such a big part of it most of the the this genre's audience is young and male was that safe to say yeah that's safe to say though I would say that a lot I mean, what I'm seeing now is that a lot of the people that were kids when I was a kid are the people that I'm actually sitting down and podcasting with today. Right. Uh, people that have continued to play music um, and, you know, are in their 40s and not, you know, not there. There are some younger people there. Are, I mean, there are a lot of younger people, but there is a generation that grew up with it that never left it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're passing it along. And they're passing it. I yeah. will yeah, yeah, say yeah. this, though, that when I meet female Metal fans, they are the most passionate and yeah. and the they most are into it. Oh, they're they're total. I yeah. I'm gonna give a I'm gonna give a shout out, Priscilla. <laughs> <laughs> you fucking rock, and you are into bands that I have never ever heard of. But I, but I also feel like when when you encounter women musicians in this genre, 
they, it's almost like they, they, they're, they're, there's, they're better. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like they have to be, they have to have their shit locked down because mm-hmm. of the, of, I mean, there's such, just, it's such a male world. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, it, you know, it's so, uh, it's accepting of it because, I mean, look at the people speak about people like Lita Ford, you know, reverently. Right. You know? So, you, I feel bad because we're talking to Andrew and we're two old guys. I know. And, and, I've been thinking about that the entire yeah, hour. Like, we keep talking about like these, these bands from, like, you know, the 70s and the 80s. And metal people who tune into this show are going to be like, Oh, they are hating us. They're right hating us. <laughs> I'm rolling with it. I mean, I can talk that, I can talk that language. Well, I want to I make sure before we, before we let you go that um, you give a shout out to what do you think is exciting now? Who should people be checking out? And um, uh, if there's any, if there's any kind of current, I don't know, for lack of a better word, movement that people should be paying attention to. Um, you know, I think there's a lot going on right now um, with slower music. Um, you know, it gets called it gets called doom, um, but yes. it's you know, it's slower, slower, slower um, on the very heavy end of the, the spectrum. And um, and there's so much happening with that right now um, that's, that's really exciting and and fresh. Um, you know, some of the, the bands, the slightly more higher profile bands, um, bands like Bellwitch, um, Yob, who just put out a new record yesterday, um, uh there are there are black metal bands like Ailes um who are phenomenal they came from uh, a number of different bands including a, a really important band from the bay area called Ludicra um members from Ludicra started Ailes and um their new record is out and it's fantastic um there's a band called Body Void that just put a new one out um Fister um there, I mean, there's so there's so many, and um, it's easy to um, just do a little bit of hunting online and uh, paging through, you know, thumbing through magazines, and and you'll see some of these bands. Church is another one, mm-hmm. um, awesome. Um, and of course, there are bands that have been going for for decades, like Neurosis, who are, in yeah. my opinion, one of the most important bands of. Um, of of the entire genre uh, in terms of their contribution and the directions that um, certain subsects of it has ha, ha, have gone, um, you know, Neurosis really kind of changed the landscape, um, and they're still going and they're working hard and um, and you know after thirty years it's just it's amazing. Um, so their story in and of itself is um, is definitely worth exploring if you haven't already. Um, I, 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 I do want to say, when I moved to Washington, um, it, was, it was a big deal. It was like a big, complete change of life for me. And something, something pivotal happened the first night that I was here. I walked into this music store, and I hear this, this like super crunchy, slow... Thing. And it was—it's just—it's—it's it's just all power chords, 
Mm-hmm. No, there was no noodling of the, you know, there was no lead guitar. And, and I'm like, what the fuck? I had never heard shit like this. Yeah. And the guy's like, well, that's the new band, or that's the new album from Earth. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, direct me to the spot. I want to buy all this shit. <laughs> and to this day, Earth is, uh, is probably my tightest connection to metal. Um, yeah. I, I, and I and I and I understand that it's doom metal or drone metal, whatever you want to call it. And and I've gone to Earth shows and people are headbanging, but they're headbanging in slow motion. <laughs> it's like mm-hmm. they're all on quaaludes. But uh, are quaaludes a thing anymore? No. Does that, that that doesn't exist anymore? Yeah, okay. So. Well, okay. Well, hopefully somebody knows what I'm talking <laughs> Good about. Job. Good job. Yeah, that that right there is where you where you lost me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Another uh, uh, just recently, I heard two bands uh, bet- uh, between the Buried and Me, mm-hmm. and um, and you will know us by the Trail of the Dead. They've right. Been, Anybody? They've been around for well. You will know us by the Trail of the Dead has like a really great metal title. Huh? Uh, I don't like their. Music. Uh, okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I haven't. I, I love their name too, and I've looked at their album covers, but I don't think. It's I don't metal. know that I've ever actually heard them, and I'm not sure that they're that they're metal. Yeah. I don't know. We used to we, we used to hear them in Vegas on like the the alternative station. Oh, really? You know, That's so hilarious. they'd be played alongside the new metal stuff, right? Uh-huh. Like Corn yeah. and and you know crap like that. And new metal and you and with you <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> um, so tell us about the the podcast. It's much more informed than this one was. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, it's it, you know, like I said, it's um, it, I just sit down and I try and I try and do this with people in person. Um, uh, oftentimes, in my house, um, I'll have either you know people stop by that live locally, or if there's a band on tour and I'm able to coordinate that with them, um, that's happened. Um, and it, we just talk about again how it started for them and the impact that it's had. And those conversations can go in any, you know, all sorts of different directions. I don't plan very much out. Um, I try to, you know, if there's something I'm not clear about, I'll do some research. Um, but I'm really kind of banking on my ability to hold my own in a conversation about this music, and that generally works okay. Good. Uh, and um, you know, again, it's uh, it's 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 just a it's. I'm looking at this as kind of my contribution, since I, you know, I didn't really do a whole lot musically and kind of got into that a little bit late. That's not where I feel like I'm ever really gonna be able to express anything or um, contribute. And so this is kind of this, in a way, is my contribution to this um, to this music that I love so much. And hopefully, it's you know, it's something that um, I think people appreciate, and hopefully, it's uh, it's unique enough. Um, that that it will continue well, the, to gain an audience, and people will dig it. Well, the cool thing is that you're you, through the efforts of people like you, because metal is one of those things that it's easy for people to kind of go, uh, you know, poo-poo and kind of you know mm-hmm. flick off to the side, like a lot of like a lot of other things. And hopefully, you're one of those guys that. Um, are turning people around and, and making people pay attention mm-hmm. and and realize that 
These are smart people. These aren't, the, you know, they, they're not lunkheads. They're, they're, just because their music is hard or heavy or fast mm-hmm. doesn't mean... It's just you don't understand it. Doesn't mean yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah. Is it a bit, are the shows available from, what, iTunes and Stitcher and all that, or...? Yeah, I put them up directly onto uh, SoundCloud, and then you can go to, to iTunes and... Um, and subscribe down and... Yeah. Sweet. Yeah, nice. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome, dude. Thanks thanks again for doing this. I, 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 I'm, oh, just it a, I'm just been thinking the entire time. I was like, man, I'm sounding old right now. But I think that's important. I think, it's, it, like, I think it would be easy for a younger person to come on and just talk about the band of the moment. Mm. And I think it's important to examine where all this came from. And in that aspect, we're fucking old, You're so we so can do this. <laughs> All right, so we'll be back in just a second. Okay, so, once Dude, again, freaking awesome. Andrew's such a great guy. I've known him for since like the early to mid '90s. Um, Andrew was a guy who he went to mortuary college and, yeah. and that kind of thing, and he and he worked um, in the, as an embalmer in the field for a while. And he's just a really smart guy, and I and he lo- and it's so clear how much he loves the music. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. And his podcast is awesome. Yeah. Yeah, for for people listening, if 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 metal is is your thing at all, mm-hmm. even even marginally, you got to check out this guy's podcast. Yeah, remember fathoming fathoming like like the sea, fathoming yeah. heavy. F a t h o m i n g. Right. Yeah. Um. I, we were talking about it during the break, and, and it was like. <laughs> Tom and I are old guys, I know. so this, so so so, and that was that's an interesting thing. Is like there's a sliding scale, right? Yeah. Of like what does metal mean to you? Mm-hmm. And I'm sure if I talk to a young person today and I talk about Deep Purple mm-hmm. being metal, they'll look at me like I fucking grew a third mm-hmm. head. Maybe they know? maybe they'd heard it because right. of, you know the dirt rock stations will play that kind of stuff, but. Um, yeah, that's not you know it's, vibrant. It's, it's, it's not yeah, the it's not the same thing that you hear now. But um, I wanted to address like like I say the iconography and the the clear relationship it has with genre cinema. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, second hour stuff, guys. People who died. 
Um, Nick Meglin, editor for Mad Magazine. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, a big one this week was Kate Spade. She's a, uh, she was a handbag designer and a entrepreneur. Yeah, and she, um, killed herself. Yes. Yeah, and, uh. And that's going to lead to probably another death. Oh, yeah, at least you're going one. To talk about. Yeah. I, I think there might be more than and, that. And uh, it really does seem like an epidemic. You know, uh, suicides have gone up like mm-hmm. 30%. Um, yeah. I can't remember what the date was, you know, what the year was. But it's not, well, I think it's more not proportionate. And more more and more as people have a tougher time you know, maneuvering in the world and the world gets bleaker and people get sick and and they can't afford the health care and all those other things, you know, I think you're going to see more and more of that stuff. Yeah. Um, uh, but on that, on the other hand, um, you know, hey, you, if you are feeling like that, you know, the best thing is to try to talk to someone. I know it's hard and I know it's glib to say, reach out, but uh, because part of the situation is that you know depression leads to that you can't reach out um but you know it's just important to to have someone that you can talk with so um i don't mean that as glib as it sounds but no it's it's important you know um i'm gonna say probably the only quote-unquote good thing about these high profile suicide deaths Mm -hmm. is that it gives us all an opportunity to like, hey, yeah, fucking, you know, hey, like, are you okay? Are you okay? Yeah. And 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 Absolutely. if not, let's talk. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. um, yeah, agreed, agreed. Uh, let's see, Dwight Clark from the Forty ers past. Uh, also, Clarence Fountain. He was one of the Blind Boys of Alabama. I wanted to talk about that for just a second. Sure. Um, um, the Blind Boys of Alabama. Um, he 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 was one of the founding members. Yes, and uh, I don't know if people, uh, some people I'm sure know about these guys, but amazing, but literally old time gospel, old time gospel, and met at um, the Alabama School for the Blind mm-hmm. um, when they were little guys. They yeah. were little kids. This is old school five part harmony. Yeah, spirituals, and um, it's the type of. You know, if you're not if you're not sure what we're talking about, think back to Brother Where Art Thou? Yeah, and the and, and that music, um, mm-hmm. and um, yeah, I mean, you know, he was 88. You know, he had a full um, he had a full uh, life. Actually, they started their first group of students at the Alabama Institute for the Negro, Deaf, and Blind in Talladega. There you go. Um, and they left school in 1944 in their teens to go have a musical career mm-hmm. it's, it's pretty amazing it is amazing that would you know that's a fucking that's a movie that needs to be made yeah yeah absolutely yeah, yeah. I, I don't feel like that story's been told absolutely uh, yeah. yeah and deserves to be uh Kent McRae he was a producer on things like Little House on the Prairie and mm. Bonanza mm-hmm. um Jerry Marin he was the last living munchkin from Wizard yeah. of Oz yeah that was a big deal yeah that's 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 kind of end of an era. It's one of those things, you know, that like, it, as we get older, and it's like, oh shit, there are no more Munchkins, and it's like, 
It's kind of a. There are no uh, more munchkins. <laughs> it's a, it's, you know, it's uh, I I I'm 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 going to talk personal for just a second. Yes, sir. Uh, um, my sister passed away this yes. between last show and this one, and uh, one of the things that I have the hardest time wrapping my head around is there's always been four of us. Mm-hmm. Now there's not, not. Yeah. and it's like. I don't know how to, I don't know how to process mm-hmm. that, you know. And when something like this happens, and 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 he dies, and there's, and you realize, oh, that's it. There yeah. there are no more, you know. There mm-hmm. are no more, in this particular case, Munchkins. Right. And it's like, y- y- to some people that probably doesn't mean anything, but t- for me, it's kind of like. Wait, no. There, yeah. you, there was always somebody who had been a munchkin. You know, there was always somebody who had gotten drunk <laughs> and had to be dragged out of yeah. bed. All you go. need to see is Under the Rainbow, yeah, yeah, which yeah. is a tale of what the making of Wizard of Oz. But yeah, yeah it, it's it's the the closing of doors behind us, right? And, and you know, it doesn't mean that the door doors continue to to open up ahead of us. Sure. Um, to a point. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. Yeah, it's it, it's a tough thing to get your head around, um, and I'm sorry that that, that uh, you had to go thank through you. that. Thank you. Thank uh, you. Which makes me feel really stupid about the next person <laughs> I'm going to mention, Johnny Keys. Johnny Keys was the African American gentleman at the end of Behind the Green Door with uh, Marilyn Chambers. Damn man. Yeah, I know. Yeah. You I've seen some interviews with him. Yeah. Like in these, the, he was wild. There, there's a couple of uh, there's a couple of documentaries, and I think you can find them on Netflix. Mm-hmm. And he used to be able to, um, and it was it was basically after porn. Mm-hmm. Like what what is your life after if this was what you did, you know? And Johnny Keys was a fucking cool guy. Yeah. And uh, and was just really happy to be. <laughs> if you look at his like his wiki, he did all sorts of stuff. He, he was, did. He was an actor. He was a porn star. He, yeah. was, he sold. I'm sure he sold real estate. So yeah, I saw that recently on Gene Silver's Facebook page. Oh, I, well, I think I've mentioned on the show before my first porn movie that I ever saw any porn mm-hmm. was Behind the Green Door. Really? And so that guy. I'm putting quotes up. Loomed large <laughs> in in that aspect of my yeah, life, yeah. and uh, uh, that's yeah. and it was a big deal. And late at the time that Behind the Green Door was released, an interracial scene um, in a porn film was a big deal. It was a big deal, and you know, to the filmmakers' credit. Um, they they kind of went prog rock. They mm-hmm. they with that scene. They're, they're like yeah. they're, there's a it's a really psychedelic, super psychedelic, <laughs> psychedelic. Yeah, uh, he's wearing a body stocking with the crotch cut well, out. And, and, and I'm specifically I'm thinking of the money shot where it's just like there was like colors and it went on for like <laughs> ever. Oh, <and> the sixties. <laughs> uh, let's see. Uh, this really bummed me out. Jim, even though it doesn't, I don't want to say it didn't, doesn't surprise me. But Jimmy, a guy named Jimmy Gonzalez, he had a group called Mas. He was a Tejano singer. Yeah, he was a giant guy, and he died of diabetes. But a uh, bunch of records out. This is what when you think of Tejano music, this is what this was. Right. Really good. I'm a big fan of this guy, and um, uh, yeah, he passed. Um, 
pertaining to our topic. Ralph Santanella. He was the guitar player for Deicide, Death, and Iced Earth. Yes. Oh, he Iced passed, Earth. Yeah, man. he passed this week, this last yeah. week. Um, and then, something to say about Iced Earth? No. I was just going to say, um, you know, we for being a metal show, we didn't mention a lot of metal bands. A lot of bands. bands. Um, and Iced Earth is definitely one of those bands mm-hmm. that needs to be um, if you if you're gonna if you're gonna talk about it metal and you and you're gonna talk about metal in a modern sense, mm-hmm. Eisters is one of those bands you sure. you need to talk about. Absolutely. Yeah. And then the big the big death this week, Lumen Large, um, Anthony Bourdain um, Holy shit. to depression and hung himself. Yeah. Um, and you know the response of people has been has been wild. Well, it's crazy because it's not crazy, but but he people throw the the term Renaissance man around mm-hmm. a lot. I think this is a guy who really qualified for that. Mm-hmm. Um, he was, and from all accounts, a really good guy. Yeah, um, he um, you know he he became hugely popular through his. Food slash travel shows. Uh, well, the book came out. Kitchen Confidential came out, right? And that was a big deal because it talked openly about drug abuse in the food industry and really gave you an idea of what yeah. it was like. He was like the punk rock. His death and the way people have responded to it reminds me a lot of Hunter S. Thompson. A- exactly. Yeah. Um, and in fact, someone I know put up Hunter S. Thompson's suicide <coughs> in for Anthony Bourdain. Well, figure. If I mean, if if you're looking at it that way, Anthony Bourdain was kind of the Gonzo, absolutely food, uh, absolutely, uh, yeah, yeah, hundred percent. And um, uh, you know, uh, uh, again, a guy that there, he had so many things going on. Mm-hmm. He, he wrote books, he comics, had his TV shows, mm-hmm. comics. He was a avid um, music fan. That was big mm-hmm. to him. Heavy into Brazilian jiu-jitsu. Yeah, he, um, his wife Octavia had got him into that. Yeah, the thing that really gets me is and in amazing shape. You, you, yeah. you saw pictures Good shape. of him in yeah, like yeah, yeah. recent history. Um, the last year or so, he had had been dating Aja Argento, and Aja is very active in the Me Too movement. Right, and he was an example of how to be supportive of that. Um, without being... Without getting in the way. A shithead guy, yeah, yeah. and getting in the way. Um, I've got a... Aja was just at Cannes talking truth to power to these people, like right to their face. Right about Harvey Weinstein. About Harvey Weinstein. Yeah. She said Cannes used to be his hunting ground yeah. and essentially said you you were all complicit in what he did. Yeah. Um, and so, in the midst of all this, to have him suddenly be gone, I can't imagine. Yeah. Um, but watching people online and watching how deeply he affected here's, people. Here's how. Amazing. Here's how uh, wide his umbrella spread. Hmm. I, I listen to a lot of um, talk music, mm-hmm. uh, m- music talk radio, and literally in the middle of them talking about something else that that makes sense for them to talk about. One of the guys is like, "Oh shit, Anthony Bourdain just saying," and and then for the next hour, that's all they talk yeah. about. This is a show that is about music, mm-hmm. and they talked about this yeah. guy for an hour. Yeah. This is a big just deal, looming large, and made deal. it 
made it so you know was always talking about you know traveling and being better than yourself and and finding you know the real Fucking worth of the world right and and, oh, yeah. and living life and just like yeah yeah his regular days are, you know, you walk, listen, you read his shit about his itinerary and stuff and just traveling and all stuff. Fucking yeah. amazing. Um, let's see, moving on to news. Jared Leto was the Joker for a while. Yeah, he was. Suicide Squad. And they've been arguing that they were going to do another one, I guess, with Leonardo DiCaprio or whatever else kind of bullshit. Some, something or other. Playing Joker. The Joker, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. It was it. Anyway. Um, uh, but I guess he, they were giving him his own standalone film. Jared, as, Jared Leto as, as the, Joker the Joker in a standalone film. Hey, I, I've got an idea, man. <laughs> Jason Momoa. I know. <laughs> as, the Joker. as Robin. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't know that I really care this. No. It, here's the one, here's one that really struck me and made me scratch my head. Ryan Gosling... Sure. Ezra Miller, who was the Flash in Justice League. Right. And Donald Glover. Already, I'm laughing. Sorry, yeah, okay. <laughs> Donald Glover, uh-huh. uh, who was... Uh, Lando Calrissian. Lando Calrissian. He's Childish Gambino. Are all in the running to play the lead in the remake of Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. <laughs> <laughs> what? Okay. This Ryan Gosling, <laughs> Ezra Miller, <laughs> Danny Glover. Okay, well, first of all, <laughs> I, 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 I say this every week. I, do, I feel like I don't even need to say it anymore. Why? Why? Why are we making a fucking remake of Willy mm-hmm. Wonka? It maybe made sense when Tim Burton did it, because mm-hmm. it had been all those years. Maybe. Why? If you're going to do something like this, do Charlie and the Glass Elevator or whatever the do sequel Do one of the was. other books. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Anyway, stupid, stupid. Uh, Last Jedi's Kelly Marie Tran has, was left social media, deleting everything due to troll harassment, and the cast has started an anti-bullying campaign. Oh, so good for them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, bad on them for the Star Wars fans being like, "What is wrong yeah, yeah, with well, you? What the fuck is wrong with you people?" They were like, saying really horrible shit to her about not only her gender, but her ethnicity, how they wanted her to die. It's all bullshit. It, that's the problem with the internet, is that, like, mm-hmm. it, 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 yeah, it opened up this world, and it opened up the world to fucking assholes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. Uh, I'm glad to see that people seem to be coming out, out in support of this. Yeah. And, and, what and, and so, so stop it. Yeah. Um, the guy, Conrad Vernon, who did Sausage Party, um, announced that he... The, remember Sausage Party, the, the movie? I do. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> They're doing an animated Adams Family. And this is the way they've cast it. Morticia, Charlize Theron, Gomez, Oscar Isaac, Wednesday, Chloe Moretz, Pugsley, Finn Wolfhard... Um, grand, uh, uh, Uncle Fester, Nick Kroll, Grandmama Betty Davis. I mean, not Betty Davis. Oh Bet, wow, Bette Midler, <laughs> uh-huh. and uh, in a in a non family role, Allison Janney. I'm oh. kind of in. Yeah. A, well, here's. Has there ever been an animated Adam's Family? I yeah. feel like there was. Yeah, there was cartoons. This yeah. is this mo- looks this is more 3D. Yeah, yeah CG so and like the Pixar thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, as long as they don't do the musical, <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm good. 
Yeah. You know, it, it looks like you know the, most yeah. of the character designs are based on the Charles Adams drawing. Right. And that kind of thing. You know, the um, the Adams Family movies with Raul Julia mm-hmm. and... and, and uh, it's one of the few times where I think um, a movie spawned from something like that... Mm-hmm. Did a good job. Did a good job. It's a thumb up for me, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I liked those. Um, and uh, to be honest, any of the Adams Family stuff from the original cartoons, mm-hmm. uh, and, and by cartoon I mean the, the, the com- right, yeah, um, the TV series, the movies. I like them all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I'm, I, there's, there's been a couple of series that are really fucking terrible. Just like just like the monsters, there have been a few incarnations of the monsters, and they're not all good. Man, I remember as a little kid, like this dichotomy. You know, it's like it's kind of like kind of like Madonna versus Cindy Lauper in the <laughs> early eighties. It's like was it monsters or is it Adams Family? Oh, yeah. uh, clearly, the Adams Family was a better product, but people the love monsters the monsters. Is fucking cool, they man. They love the monsters. Man, that song is badass. Uh-huh. Uh, let's see the new solo movie. Yeah, has is losing Disney fifty million dollars so far. It's way underperforming. Well, here's the thing. I, 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 from all accounts, it's not a bad movie. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there's. I think they're seeing in a concrete form the uh, the the end result of oversaturation. Yeah, it's what we it's talked it. about. I think last week yeah. about diminishing returns. Yeah, it's like it's too much Star Wars. Yeah, people love this movie who see it, but nobody cares because mm-hmm. Star Wars is coming out every fucking yeah. month. It seems like. Oh, uh, you know, we we just got the uh, this movie pass thing. Yeah, so we're gonna probably be checking it out. You're gonna be going to yeah 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 yeah. Uh, let's see. Doug Lyman is doing the. Um, Cannonball Run reboot. Why? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, who's playing Jack, the Jackie Chan role? I know, right? And are they going to be as like? Is it going to be as bad? It'll, it'll be <laughs> Tony Jaw or something. Um, also, because of the current political climate um, and the current climate about things in the news, Paramount has scrapped the Heather's reboot, the TV series. Mm, that doesn't make sense to me. Kids killing each other in their school. Well, yeah, they, it's the same reason they delayed that. Uh, one of the thirteen reasons why. There's been a couple of movies that that have had to kind of back off on that, but uh, I, I'm not sure that I agree with that. Mm-hmm. I, I'm, I I I don't. Uh, yeah, it just seems it, it, there's it's a difference. Coincidental. Be- yeah, exactly. Yeah, you know, to think that one might beget the other is. That's a stretch. A stretch. Yeah. Uh, this is interesting. Being considered as the villain in the new Danny Boyle Bond 25, Helena Bonham Carter. Uh, maybe. Maybe. Yeah. I mean, it depends on, you know, who is she in yeah. this film. Because she's one of those actresses that um, can do a lot of different things. Agreed. We know her for certain things, mm-hmm. but she can do. I've seen her. Well, do she does those room with a view, those bodice ripper things, right, and yeah, then yeah, yeah. you know, Bell- Bellatrix, Lestrange, and mm-hmm. the Harry Potter movies, right, and Marvelous yeah. Singer, and yeah, she can do just about anything. Yeah. So I'm, I'm sure, ca- sure, yeah. as as much as 
any what Javier Bardem? Javier Bardem was the last one. Last yeah, film? I, you know, I'd be far more interested if Helena Bonham Carter was the new James Bond. <laughs> <laughs> you, you know what I mean? I like uh, like I'm ready yeah. for something different. Yeah, I, I've ignored these movies for decades now, uh-huh. and uh, you yeah. gotta do something really cool to get me to come back. Uh, let's see. Um, Tim Miller's Terminator, the Terminator reboot, or uh-huh. whatever the re the the next one in the, that they're doing. Supposedly, they're going to revisit the events of T two. Okay. So, going back in time, I guess, to the to T two, the time of T two. Right. And but something else happening. Something else happening as T two is happening. Didn't we do that already with the last Terminator I have no movie? Idea. Because like people were. I just I saw a, a scene of Schwarzenegger diving into the spinning blades of a helicopter, and I went, I don't know, I don't know if I can deal with deal with this. <laughs> Let's see. Um, oh, this is interesting. Uh, horror writer Brian Keane, good guy. Uh, Once a lot of Stoker Wars, people love his books. Um, was involved in he was burning some brush, and the uh, from what I can understand, the wind changed, and he was burnt up one arm and along his neck and head significantly to where he's going to need some um long term care. Yeah, um, there is a GoFundMe called the Brian Keene Burn Fund GoFundMe. So if you can, um, hop over there and hop and over there. Yeah, and, it was help out. Yeah, it's a real drag. That's a that's a he can't he can't write for the, the foreseeable future. See, people don't. I think I think people don't understand. Like when you're when you're a burn victim, mm-hmm. it, it's not just that your skin was fucked up. Mm-hmm. Your, nerves, your nerves, your muscles, and it's, it's such a horrific thing to be on fire. Is fucking horrific. It's, it's, when I was working in the prison, uh-huh. we had a guy, he was a snitch, and he had um, he had been uh, dropped on the interstate, gas poured on him, and lit on fire. Wow. And he, uh, this was several years later uh-huh. um, that I knew him, he was wrapped in pain every day. Yeah, 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 um, yeah, yeah. Because your nerves are fucked. They mm-hmm. don't they don't grow back mm-hmm. like, you know, and and so um so yeah, my heart goes out to Yeah, it's really horrible. But, you know, a lot of people are responding to this and, and good. that's good. good There's good. also a GoFundMe um for Billy Martin slash Poppy Z Bright. Yeah. Um <clears throat> trying to fix up their house. So what breaks my heart in a lot of these things is, you know, as a writer, you don't have health insurance. Right. As a, you know, you're we're all just one catastrophe it's away. It's kind of a it's kind of a gig economy, even though you may have a regular. Yeah, and it's one of those things where I'm just. I saw a meme the other day. It's like I'm just tired of, you know, GoFundMe or or Indiegogo is is what, what I, how my friends are getting their care. It's just fucking right. reprehensible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. Long lost print of King Kong found in a London cinema. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's Badass, pretty bad. Man, I was really excited about that. Yeah. I still no spider pit sequence. Oh, really? For sure, there's I, not. I, the I don't think so. I, I really believe that, even though Ray Bradbury said uh-huh. something to the contrary, 
I, I don't think anybody's ever seen that footage. I think it was destroyed. Hmm. You know, I, um, Darren C. Cooper was known for stuff like that. Like, he did it on other films. I don't know why he wouldn't have done it on Kong, too. Right. Um, and I think it's a. I, I think it's okay. I think it's it's. Up, I think it's up to people like Jim Danforth and Peter Jackson and and folks like that who to make up their version of mm-hmm. what the Spider Pit sequence is. Uh, I'll tell you this: what whatever they've done mm-hmm. is probably far better than what was <laughs> what was originally filmed for the Spider Pit sequence. Agreed. agreed. No matter how much. Us Kong fans think of it as a holy grail. Right. It's like London After Midnight. Right, exactly. Um, Castle Freak is being remade as a part of an expanded Lovecraft universe. Uh, weird. Uh, a weird they choice. Would, yeah, that they would choose Castle Freak. Yeah, um, I like Castle Freak as a film. Mm-hmm. Uh, Good makeup. Yeah, it's really cool makeup. Um, I want to say it's Stuart Gordon, mm-hmm. but I'm not sure. Uh, it's uh, definitely Charlie Band. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, I think it is Stuart Gordon. Um, it's it might really, be Yuzna. It's really cool. Um, and uh, you know, I guess if you're gonna if you're gonna do that stuff, that cool. That that's kind of the thing I always talk about. It's like if you're gonna be remaking stuff, remake stuff that mm-hmm. don't remake Jaws, right. don't remake Star Wars, remake these little things. You mm-hmm. know, where it never na- got treated right. Yeah, now you've got the technology. Now you can do it up good and so okay cool I'm, I'm just excited that somebody is wanting to expand an H.P. Lovecraft universe right. on film period yeah um, I still think that the uh, the historical society for H.P. Lovecraft have made the two best Lovecraft films mm-hmm. ever and people will argue with me about that because th- you know those movies were made for like nothing mm-hmm. and uh, and it looks like it but as far as capturing the spirit of Lovecraft, I think they far and above everybody else. Right on. Uh, here's another one of those things that sound like a Mad Lib. Eddie Murphy, Netflix, Bio, Rudy Ray Moore. What the hell is Bio? Biography. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, I thought I, I, I not biological. I, like, no, so, I was no. I was let me put like, it together. Here. They're doing a biography film on Rudy Ray Moore, a.k.a. Dolomite, right? starring Eddie Murphy. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm kind of in. I'm t- I, I'll be honest. I'm totally in. Yeah. I think if anybody's going to... I think if anybody's going to get it, mm-hmm. it's going to be a, a black man who was probably influenced by those movies... Who was at his height in the eighties? Yeah, I think sure. sure. And, and not only that, and but, it, it, but it brings it brings to mind like, could this be the thing that brings Eddie Murphy back? Hopefully. Because well, here's a couple of things. Number one, in the shit talking department, Eddie Murphy's got this. Yeah. For a while there, Rudy Ray Moore did stand up. Yeah. So is this the thing that? lights the fire for Eddie Murphy to return to stand-up. Doubtful. I, 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 I doubt it. I, I doubt it. Why? Yeah. When you can make the kind of money he's Do making. Do you remember when, when he came back for that Saturday Night Live yeah. big thing, and it was just, why are you even here? Yeah, 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 like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> You're not like, going to... Yeah. yeah you, don't, you don't care. I mean, Chappelle kind of, you know, 
show that that can be done. You can come back. You and can. Do that shit yeah, and you absolutely can. So anyway, yeah, I don't know. I I I think it's a great idea for a film. I I I don't know much. I think that story it. needs to be told. Yeah. The, yeah. All that re- all that Dolomite shit is awesome. It's all great. Uh, um. Silly, mm-hmm. but great. Yeah, yeah. Um, and his and Rudy Ray Moore's records are the worst. But <laughs> let's see. So, in an interview with Mike Mignola, he said that the new Hellboy reboot is quote more horror than superheroes. Okay, I'm in. Uh, okay. Makes me excited. Yeah, that does that. You know, I know that the, you know my initial knee jerk res- response was, you know, fuck you guys. What? You, you yeah. know, wait, why are you taking this away from Guillermo? Um, but that's an emotional response, yeah. and and the fact that really Hellboy doesn't belong to Guillermo. It beyond it yeah, belongs to I mean, he always seems perfectly happy, yeah. and it could be because the check cleared. But on the other hand, nah, I'd be willing to bet it's. Uh, yeah, I'm wondering. I'm wondering if this all happened because the the Hellboy movies were more um, Del Toro. Del Toro, yeah, and and, and maybe uh, I, I will say this: if you if you actually go and 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 read the the Mignola comics, um, there's so much there. I know. Like this guy, that's why him and Del Toro were such a good pairing. Is they're both so schooled in these old fairy tales, mm-hmm. and 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 there's they have a lot of structure behind yeah, the story. Absolutely. Um, Quentin Tarantino for his Once Upon a Time in Hollywood right. has added James Marsden from Westworld and Al Pacino to the cast. Wow. That, that's crazy. That is crazy. And it's just the cast just I'm, keeps getting better. I'm better. really interested in this film yeah. because the last couple of Tarantino films I've not been a big fan of. Mm-hmm. It being said in the eighty, the seventies or whatever yeah, it is. Yeah, I, I think is a cool I, I think 60s, this was 70s. Yeah, I think this was a really good choice for him. It'll be interesting. It, it, it's all teed up. It mm. should be a home run. Should be a teed up home run. I know. But uh, I know my sports. Um, but that also means there's the potential for like. It, it could just be an overblown bomb. mess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, for some reason, they announced Iron Fist season two. Okay, I know you don't care. No, uh, Matthew Vaughn. I do. I do. I do have this question. Um, What's an Iron Fist? No, no, no. <laughs> you know, I know what Iron Fist is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I didn't watch the. The first season is is I, by I, all reports the worst thing in the MCU. Everybody hates it. Um, but did they put him in the cool green spandex with the yellow and the, yeah. and, and the sash? I'm sure they ways. will this time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I think that's where they made the mistake. They yeah. should have. <laughs> they did it with Luke, the Luke Cage. They should put him in the crown in the whole man. Uh, Matthew Vaughn says to expect more kickass in a reboot and um, more Kingsman. No, a reboot. Yeah, a reboot. Well, they're not going to get. Chloe Moretz, not for without a lot of no, money. No, she's not a little kid anymore. But right. but or or within the more stories within the same universe. I okay. don't know that they're going to reboot it until please the same don't story. reboot it. That those movies are great and and yeah. uh, uh, you're not going to do anything new that's no. going to be worth the effort. So no. just no, no, keep, no. just pick it up and go along. Yeah. 
Moving on to trailers. Uh, there were so many trailers coming out right now. By the way, I want to say um, the trailers this week brought to you by Crime Does Not Pay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There's very, a lot of that. Very much so. Yeah. Um, but first, uh, first trailer for the Bumblebee Transformer spinoff. So, right off the bat, I... I I didn't want to see this because I hate the Transformers movies. I hate the way they look, um, and I and I it's just all bombastic bullshit. Having said that, Travis Knight from Leica, mm-hmm. who's that? This is his first live action film. Mm-hmm. Seems to be trying to. One of the things that is apparent in all the Leica projects, I come to him because they're stop motion they're also good films mm-hmm. and they have heart mm-hmm. and it looks like he's trying to do that with this it looks like they've gotten rid of the hey yo 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 yes, stuff right it looks like this is a way more sympathetic thing in a weird way it reminded me of herbie the love bug herbie the love bug it reminds me of mighty joe young in yeah. some ways yeah, 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 absolutely. um all of which is good except that i feel like we've seen this movie yeah. Before. <clears throat> and at the end of the day, they're not going to let that Transformer thing no, drift yeah, too far yeah, yeah, yeah. off so of the yeah, formula. You still get the crazy. Yeah. Although that was kind of cool where the girl, the main girl, climbs underneath the car and she sees his face and he transforms over her. Over her. And that was a very kind of a cool scene. The Rick Roll thing was. Yeah. Like. It might be funny to somebody. <laughs> um, next up, a movie called The Children Act. It's a right-to-die discussion with Emma Thompson. Dude, this movie looks fucking yeah, it looks badass. It I looks like something... Act, talk, talk about active listening. Like yeah. This is going to be very, very intense. Stanley Tucci is her husband who... She's a judge yes. who is throwing herself into this work and her husband is there falling by the wayside. Right. Um, you know? And is 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 concerned mm-hmm. uh, that their relationship is kind of going away right. because she's involved in these high, high, high profile... Well, and specifically, there's a case about a kid who's a Jehovah's Witness who's sick and needs a blood transfusion. I he has leukemia. Yeah, something like that. He needs a blood transfusion. Of course, the Jehovah's Witness parents are like, no, we don't do this. Mm -hmm. And and it becomes an actual court case where she has to decide. But in the process, it seems like she also, um, for lack of a better word, discovers her humanity again. Yeah. And, and this looks amazing. Yeah, I, it's, I'm, it's people acting their ass yeah, off this all looks, over the place. Yeah, yeah it looks Emma good. Thompson is just... Um, both her and Stanley Tucci just are, look amazing in this. Mm-hmm. I, I'm all over this. Yeah, this looks great. Uh, next up, sequel to the Lego movie. Sequel, um, this looks like a big ball of cotton candy. Absolutely. What was the first Lego movie? You know, my only gripe against the Lego movie mm-hmm. is that they didn't actually use Legos and stop motion. I know. <laughs> I know. Um, you know, as far as like spirit and heart and all that kind of stuff, I liked the mm-hmm. Lego movie, and I like 
I like where this is going too, where it's like it's like a dystopian. It's thing. dystopian. The world's gone to shit, but Homeboy is still. I don't know his name, but the Chris Pratt character is still like everything's awesome. Yeah, white white like, optimist, and yeah. they're like, no, it's not. Like, like everything is a ball of yeah. shit. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it looks fun. It, it does look fun. I I look forward to the scene where he, in, I'm sure, inevitably saves everyone, right? And, or and, cracks and has to be like a badass. You know? <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's see. Um, up next, a movie called Let the Corpses Tan. Okay, so right off the bat, I saw this title and I'm like, I don't want to see this. <laughs> this is like the worst title ever. And then I watched the trailer, uh-huh. and I'm like, "Fuck, this looks cool." It looks cool. It looks so cool. Here, the key to it is the directors, Helene yeah. Catet and Bruno Forzani. They yeah. did "Strange Color of Your Body's Tears," right. "A Mare," hyper visual stuff. Very cool. Super beautiful. Yeah, yeah. I'm um, into this big time. Yeah, this looks really badass. If you're into Gosh, what if you're into? Well, first of all, those other two films. If you're into, if you're into those films, if you're into giallo, if mm-hmm. you're into Italian filmmaking, yeah. especially highly stylized, yeah, like yeah, Baba, it and looks that great. Type of stuff, this looks so cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I was into this. Yeah, this looks badass. It's it. To, other than us just saying it looks cool, it's a. Uh, for lack of a better word, crime yeah. drama, but it also it also borrows heavily from spaghetti westerns mm-hmm. too. It looks like um, from the music mm-hmm. to the camera work, um, they're kind of out in the desert. Kinda. I want to say yeah, they're kind of out in the middle of nowhere. Um, there's criminals. They end up in some kind of a standoff with cops mm-hmm. and and. Super cool. One of the things that that struck me this week um, is that uh, it it looks to me as if um, at least a particular type of film. We talk about how everything is secular mm. and 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 comes around and around again. Um, I think a lot of I think a lot of the the trailers that we saw this week. Um, the directors were probably fans of Tarantino in mm-hmm. the early nineties. Yeah, and we're kind of seeing that. A lot of a- aping going on. And that, by extension, means paying attention to the films that Tarantino was ripping off, right. you know, from earlier in the in the early, late 60s, early 70s. Um, I think it's it seems like it's that time again. Hmm. Okay. Uh, let's see. Operation Finale, Oscar Isaac, Ben Kingsley, it's the search for Adolf, Adolf Eichmann. Uh, this looks like Oscar bait. Yeah, it totally looks like Oscar bait. Um A.K.A. a really good film. Mm-hmm. Um, it's an interesting story, um, and it is heavily made up. Ben Kingsley. Yeah, heavily made up. It, I didn't even recognize him. Um, and um, and yeah, it, it it's the true story of um, tracking down Eichmann, right? You know, that who was the architect of the Final Solution. Mm-hmm. It, it, for people who don't know, I can't imagine <laughs> anybody doesn't. But just in case. Yeah. Uh, next up. Hillbill- I'm going to call it a hillbilly crime thriller called Poor Boy uh, with Michael Shannon in a small ro- role as a rodeo cowboy. Uh, low budget. Low, Definitely low budget. Um, 
intense. I think the thing that sells me on this and why I want to watch it mm. is Michael Shannon mm-hmm. as this rodeo cowboy. Yeah, it's like, why would you sign on to this? Or, or, I'm the sorry, rodeo clown. Rodeo, rodeo clown. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I, it looks good. Yep. It, 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 it strikes me that it it has the look of like a blood simple yes. kind of kind exactly. of vibe to yeah. it. If you um, like your rural crime, this yeah, is right exactly, down your exactly. alley. Yeah. I would almost go so far as to call it a, like a rural crime noir yeah, kind of thing. Definitely. Up next, director Bradley Cooper um, is uh, his new movie starring himself and Lady Gaga. It's the remake of A Star is Born. This was way better than I thought it was going to be. I did, Yeah, exactly. Um, I feel the same. Um uh, oddly, I think Bradley Cooper is definitely channeling Chris Christopherson yeah. in, in his voice. Anyway. And you can tell the music is heavy country yeah. that he sings, but yeah. man, when she opens her mouth in this trailer, yeah. Jesus Christ. My only complaint about this trailer is that I don't feel like I see, need to see the movie Kinda now. Tells it's you like the it told thing, me the right? whole damn thing. Yeah. Um, and that's one of the problems with trailers, and I hope that we get to talk to uh, an upcoming guest. Yes, we have an upcoming guest that we're going to talk about trailers, absolutely. Um, This, again, looks good, looks company-made. Who knew that Bradley Cooper had a film in him? Yeah. But it looks great. Yeah. And it's not just like you would think, like your first film is going to be like two guys in a room. Right. This is concerts. Well, that's the advantage of being Bradley Cooper and making your first film as opposed to being... Bradley Cooper when he was a freshman in college making his first <laughs> film. Uh, let's see. They finally released the first trailer to Luca, Luca Gua, fuck, Guadagnino, Guadagnino um, his remake of Suspiria, starring Dakota Johnson, Chloe Moretz, and Tilda Swinton. Yeah. Um, it ain't Suspiria. It, it isn't the no. Argento film by any stretch, and, and, and I guess that's a good thing because mm-hmm. don't try to do that, right? You know, right. Um, it still um, has a really highly stylized look to it, mm-hmm. which is which I think is great mm-hmm. and should be if you're going to do Suspiria. Um, I, sure, mm-hmm. yeah. It, it looks like a kind of a satanic panic. Tale in a girl's school. Yeah, and and it, um, you know, it's it's hard for me because my issue is that why are we doing this in the first place? I have to learn to get over that hump. It's gonna so happen. that I can just concentrate on the film itself, mm-hmm. and it's hard to do from a trailer. But it looks really competently made. Yeah. Uh, uh, a it, lot of the early reviews are quite good. Yeah. So. So, sure. Yeah. I, I, if, I'm going to check it, it out. If it makes people, I tell you what, if it makes people go back and watch the original Suspiria, mm-hmm. then I'm all, I'm all for it. Yeah. 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 Um, next up, White Boy Rick. Matthew McConaughey stars as the dad. It's kind of a tale of a teen drug kingpin. True story. Um, from 1984. Mm-hmm. Um, 15-year-old kid. Uh. Despite exactly what he is, works his way into this drug kingpin world and yeah. becomes becomes a big deal. Mm-hmm. And, and then turns an informant, as I recall. He, well, I don't know if he actually turned an informant or if his dad tried to make 
try to convince people that he was an informant <laughs> instead of... Yeah, it's, it's real white trash kind of it is. situation. Well, yeah, yeah, that's the whole the whole setup is that, you know, there's this white trash family, they're poor, mm-hmm. um, and the dad has always been kind of a shyster, a, a confidence man, mm-hmm. and his kid now has the ability to, like, hey, we could... Look, you want to be... Yeah, we can do this shop? and make we some can, big yeah. money. Yeah, yeah, It looks cool. Yeah, right, it's yeah, fun. Yeah. Um, let's see. New uh, director Steve McQueen, um, Michelle Rodriguez, Liam Neeson, Viola Davis, Robert Duvall in a movie called Widows seems to be about a crew, a robbery crew that gets killed mm-hmm. um, and their wives decide to do their last... Basically, um, do the do, do the heist. Yeah, do the heist. And people are after him, and yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. It um, looks gr- this looks great. To me, this looks really, really good. Yeah, I, 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 like. As an action film, I think it looks cool. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, it kind of landed with a thud just because it feels like, um. It feels like this new Oceans movie. It's like, <laughs> Ocean okay, we're going to do this, yeah. but we're going to do it with ladies. Yeah. And, yeah. And, and if that's the excuse, then that's not good enough. Um, it, having said that, all the actresses are great. Mm-hmm. Um, it feel, felt to me like it was more of a, hey, we can do this in kind of an empowerment kind right. of thing. And then um, maybe the idea of the cost of that. Right. Like, you already paid the cost once, and the right. fact that your husbands were killed. Yeah. And now, is there is it possible that you're going to pay a cost again? Yeah. So it just I don't felt know, like it, it just felt like an excuse for me to have chicks kicking ass. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The the masks were cool. Yeah, the masks are yeah, cool. Oh, yeah, very yeah. cool. Uh, next up, um, Pixar sequel to Wreck It Ralph called Wreck It Ralph Two: Ralph Breaks the Internet. I have zero interest in this whatsoever. Did you see Wreck It Ralph? No. Oh. Uh, Why would I watch that, Tom? It's endearing. <laughs> it was. It was a lot. It's lovely. Then uh, this looks very inside. Lots of inside Disney jokes. I, I will say. Well, yeah, they, like the whole princesses mm-hmm. thing. I will say if you're if you're a fan of either video games mm-hmm. or these types of movies, this is yeah definitely you, you need to see this. Yeah, this looks cute. Okay. I I can't believe it's me that's saying <laughs> that, but it looks cute. It looks cute. Um, and your new grandfather. I know your new grandfather. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then finally, um, directorial debut of Idris Elba, um, a film about the drug trade in Jamaica called Yardy. Yeah. Um, looks cool. Looks cool. Um, Remind looks me, kind of Children of God, uh, or ch- Children of Men. Wait, what's the one that's no, set no, in, the no. Bra- in Brazil? Um, Children oh of God. shit! No, it's the city of city of God. City of God. Yeah, um, yeah. It's uh, in there. It looks it. What? Uh, it, it, it most of it takes place in London. Mm-hmm. Um, um, guy is uh, uh, asked to deliver some drugs from Kingstown to London. Mm-hmm. And what I really like about it is the tapestry that's going on behind it. Um, this whole because I think it, it's taking place in the late 70s mm-hmm. or early 80s. So we're getting a look at um, uh, this whole thing in England at the time, where um, all these folks from Jamaica had kind of come in, and then it starts to influence 
I'm thinking from a music at yeah. aspect, it, it starts to influence punk and all this. But it's taking place in that world, mm-hmm. and it. I mean, but that's not what it's about. But we do have all these scenes in like the halls where people are the dance um, halls, the and dance halls, yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And, yeah. You know, it kind of rude boys and and yeah. all that stuff. Yeah, it kind of reminded me of like a Jamaican lockstock. Kind of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The same yeah. kind of vibe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So. Not bad. Yeah. And already next week, I've almost got a 10 that are waiting. Yeah, stop it. Tom. I know. <laughs> it's not me. I keep getting You're like, it's not me. They keep handing them to me. And, and <laughs> so I'm trying to weed through them. You know, I'm trying sure. not, not to show the ones that, like, you're, everyone's going to see. Everybody's going to see. The, what, um, the, I haven't seen anything this week. So Nor have I. This has been a... Uh, uh, between last show and this one, for me, has been hard. Uh, it's been hard, you know. Uh, uh, I, 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 you know, I lost my sister, and and I've kind of been um, insular, for mm-hmm. for lack of a better word. So, I, so I don't have any books, I don't have any movies, I don't okay. have any music to talk about. <laughs> um, but uh, but something we do have to talk about. Oh, can we wait on that? Uh, yeah, absolutely. Well, we're going to do that I, at the end. I, all right. Exactly. Uh, real quickly. I haven't watched anything. Uh, I've been, I've been, I'm in a new job at a, <laughs> I work at a weed dispensary, and uh, Tom's a drug dealer. Just, just <laughs> learning all this stuff is is hilarious, and it's very fun. But uh, books finished on Pendleton's Mission to Burma. Good, awesome. I picked up a, it's a two books in one volume by uh, Philip Jose Farmer. Uh, a Doc Caliban story. Yes, and a uh, his version of Doc Caliban, his version of Doc Savage. Yes, and then he also a thing called Lord of the Trees, which is his Tarzan. Yeah, and so far it's I feel like I've stepped into something because it's this guy Doc Caliban is pulling these glass orbs full of liquid out and throwing them and they're exploding as bombs and I have no idea what's going on, dude. But I'm kind of in. If you if you get a chance. Like just go to Wikipedia and check out this Do whole this whole this whole universe of Doc yeah. Caliban and I I never remember the Tarzan guy's name Neither. but they're they're related oh yeah there there's like um, Farmer's a great writer Farmer's a great writer it's fun and it gets weird because like at some point I can't remember the name of the book but like s- some evil genius like gives them some drug or something that makes them both of those characters sexually aroused through <laughs> violence. So hilarious. There's this, there's this epic fight scene between the two of them <laughs> and, and, and their erections are like flopping around and they're like, <laughs> dude, it's nuts. Yeah, it goes completely off the rails. But he writes in a real muscular style and I like that. He does. I love his uh, World of Tears series. Okay. Maker of the Universe. Yeah. Oh my god. Uh, David Scow told me, he goes, hey, when you're done with that, get that. Yeah, fucking read that shit. Sorry, it's, well, yeah. it's, they're all good. Except uh, for Behind the Gates of Terror, I think is one okay. because it's uh, they wind up in the United States at whatever time. Ugh. Jose, it's it's like Dracula, nineteen seventy two. It's super groovy. Uh, <laughs> um, let's see, a uh, couple of comedy records that don't really bear mentioning, but I will. Mike Bonner's live at the Atlanta Comedy Theater, and um, Sklar Brothers has a thing called Hipster Ghosts. Uh, musically. 
Um, th- I mentioned the new Ghost. It's called Prequel. Yeah, reminding me a lot of the Scorpions. Ghost Note. It's a bit group called a uh, record called I'll Dance. It's kind of a cross between big band jazz fusion and soul pop. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I found an Inslaughter Natives record. He, Inslaughter Natives is one of the bands Andrew mentioned on Cold Meat Industry. Roger Carmonic. They're very gothic and they're very like big drum sound and choirs. Sure. Um, they have a record called Cannula Como Legio. I was happy to hear that. Phil Eisler did the soundtrack to this Netflix series called The Titan, and it's really good. Cool. And then finally, uh, I fell down a well this week on a guitar Japanese guitar player, Kazumi Watanabe. Mm. I, I heard uh, m- um, he has a series of records called Mo Bop 1, 2, and 3. Um Watanabe is one of the best guitar players. I was going to say you're you're a huge fan. Yeah, of that he's guy, yeah. he's phenomenal. He can play. Uh, I just heard a record of his that's all jazz standards, and it's like Joe Pass playing. Right. But then you pick up. He did a record called Spice of Life, and it sounds like um, uh, Adrian Blue era King Crimson. I was going to say, you know, when you talk to guitar guys. They always go back to the jazz guys. Mm-hmm. Like that's for them. That's where, yeah. That's where you go. <laughs> yeah. And uh, so it's cool that somebody like him is doing, is going back. Yeah, he's and, fucking. Yeah. He's so good. It's hard to get, but you know, hard to find all of them. Um, but they really didn't have to like kill anybody. Or <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, but going back to what you were saying before. So last week, our um, our guest was. Um, Chet Zar. Chet Zar. Um, uh, who, uh, amazing artist um, and super great guy. And uh, he told us on the show, literally, he's like, you guys have to get a Patreon account. And, and So we did. So we did. Uh, I don't know if we know what the hell we're doing it, yet. But I know we don't. <laughs> uh, the address is patreon.com slash bonus material podcast. Um, the way it's set up is... Uh, um, I think it's a you as little as a dollar a month. Yeah, absolutely. And we're coming up with new content, um, Patreon only content. So uh, that's yeah, and that's the cool thing about it is that it is. Um, I guess you don't have to, but most people, if you if you're a patron of the of the arts in in our particular case, um, with Patreon. We give you additional content, they, yeah. things you don't hear on the show, um, and some examples might be um, like I, I want to give you guys a, a visual um, peek at some of the projects of guests that we've been, had mm. on the show recently, mm-hmm. and, and 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 so that it's not just you hearing what the hell we're talking about. You can kind of get you can you can see what the hell I'm talking about too. And and there's all kinds of stuff. One of the ideas I had was uh, do a quick video on, on your phone as you, when you go see a movie as you're walking out. Sure, like literally give, as you're walking give out. Give your give right your then thoughts. Yeah, your, your and we'll response. probably post them to YouTube and then yeah, put them over to the port them over to the. I imagine you and I will both will probably use this to kind of show. Other things that we're working on individually as well, yes. like if I'm working on a piece of art, yeah. take you through some of that. If you're working on a new book, take <laughs> so on and so forth. <laughs> Me it, working on a new book, sitting at my computer, getting like, high, slowly like, hey man, check out talk. Yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. like, you know what would be funny is if rather than like 
you doing that video, <laughs> I do that video, and then me like working on something, you do that, I do that video. Check it out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now. But I'm excited <laughs> about it because it, it offers a way to 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 not shoot so broadly. We can shoot a little more targeted and, and right. um Well and the exciting thing for me is that um it, it allows us to do things like get new microphones. Get yeah, new that's what I was gonna say. Yeah. Just so before anyone thinks, ah, oh, you're just gonna pocket all my fat cash. No. The reality is is that uh we operate off off of a, a computer and a, and both of us are in the same room. We, right. We're on one mic. What we're looking to do is get us both mics, get a mixer, try to improve the sound. Yeah. Um, it, it basically, what it comes down, down to new is, music is making the show better. Yeah. 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 And 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 I'm excited. I'm excited about that. Yeah. yeah. So once again, uh, if you go to the show page on both Facebook and on my site. The link will be there. Neither Tom and or I are going to be able to go buy groceries with this. So yeah, no, 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 no. no, no. Um, but, but we really, it's a way to for us to you know try to uh, you know hopefully edit, there will come a time when we'll be able to. Um, I'd love to make it so that like you and I could. Go remote and go to maybe Monster Palooza. Make some videos that's there. The, that's the other thing is Absolutely. that it, it might give us the, if it gets if it gets to that point, it'll give us the opportunity to go cover more events mm -hmm. and and do more things. Um, and I, I what I really like is the um, the the aspect of it of that if people are 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 putting something into the Patreon, even if it's just a dollar a month, it shows that they're listening and that they care. We don't get a lot of feedback from people, mm -hmm. like in 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 the in the way of emails and texts and things like that. I recently um, had uh, drinks with somebody who listens to the show, and they had a million things to say. <laughs> they re they berated me and browbeat me, and I'm like, this is the kind of shit that we need. You know, yeah. like why yeah. why are you telling me this now? Please tell us in 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 online so that we can we can. Um, we can give you the show that you yeah. want. Everything from format to guests, it, yeah, to all that other yeah. stuff. So, yeah. and especially if you're an artist and or what have you, and you think you might it might be fun to come on, talk to us, send us some stuff, and if yeah. we think it's a match, we'll we'll match up. Absolutely. Speaking of that, um, we had David Wilson on from Crossroad Press, right? Uh, he, we he, we were talking about other authors that he has, and we realized that. I realize that we never talked about fantasy. Um, right. So next week we have a Crossroad Press author, Richard Lee Byers, coming on. And uh, we're going to talk about fantasy uh, books and, right. of course, fantasy film. And that'll be awesome. Yeah. So again, patreon.com slash bonus material podcast. Uh, and uh, we appreciate it. Um, we're good. Yep. For the Bonus Material Podcast, I'm Tom Carnell. And I'm Langley West. Stay scary.